Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Erin. From Horsing Around with Kenny and Erin. How is everybody today? How are I'm you doing? Here? I'm doing good. How are you, Kenny? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty well. Yes, so good. So speaking of wellness, uh, since the last time we recorded something, uh, we did talk a little bit about the coronavirus and all of that the last time. But since then, we are now in a pandemic and a state of national emergency. So that's just been interesting. So we're living in this part of history. We're going to be able to look at history books and see that we live through something like this. And I know it sounds like I'm making light of it, but I'm really not. Um, I'm just going to reiterate some of the same stuff that I said last time use your common sense and be courteous to other people, um, view reputable resources like the World Health Organization, uh, the CDC, and what your local authorities are wanting for you to do. And since we're at this point now where they're encouraging social distancing and working from home, using teleconferencing and so forth, um, just do that if you have the capability of doing that and using good hygiene and hand washing. Um, and, and what I'm doing is I'm just acting like this is an extension of the flu season. I'm doing the exact same things that I would be doing during flu season, which would be social distancing and you know, more hand washing and taking more vitamin C and all of that. But I'm just acting as if we have a couple of more months of flu season. Um, and I'm just paying attention to um, like I said, the reputable resources and not being panicked or fearful, because I think that's what's causing a lot of problems. People are just feeling panicked because they don't have like consistent information or they are thinking there's a lack of transparency and so forth. So, um, you know, like there's the, the running joke right now is about all the toilet tissue that's gone. Um, I just don't even know what to say about that. I went to the store today and the only thing that was missing was water and toilet tissue. I attempted to go to the store yesterday and there was a line. So I turned my happy self around because I'm not about that. Um, but there are plenty of memes, as you said, out there that talk about what's currently happening regards to the coronavirus 19 and mm -hmm. The bottom line is um, take care of yourself, check in with individuals who don't have access, mm -hmm. and, and um, just make sure that, like you said, Erin, that you follow the reputable organizations that are giving information out. Yeah, and I think we're doing pretty good here in San Antonio. Our mayor is doing a really good job of, you know, trying to be ahead of the game. Um, but definitely follow what your local authorities, your local health officials are asking you to do because there isn't like one blanket type of um, solution for this because it just depends on what's happening. So um, yeah, it's sometimes I don't know whether to laugh or cry because of you know, what's happening here. It's unbelievable. Um, but speaking of the healthy part and the flu part, there are things that you can do 
just, you know, eating healthy and drinking a lot of water and making sure that you get vitamin C and the antioxidants and the, the foods and uh, fruits, vegetables that have the anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, those are going to help you just as much now as they were helping you before. And if you're not a person who tends to get sick, you're probably not going to get sick this time. And so that I like to have a more hopeful viewpoint of all of this rather than the more negative. That's beneficial. And I think that kind of leads us into the topic today of relationships and distance because um, with the, with what we're experiencing now, the social distancing does not necessarily mean isolating. Right. Um, And those are two different things that I think you know, talking about with social distancing, they're asking that we keep um, between six, is it six and nine feet um, when we're interacting with one another, staying as yes. possible, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we're isolating away from one another and not communicating with our neighbors and our friends, because that could lead us to dep- heightened levels of depression um, and Um, That's definitely not what we're asking you to do. Still check on your neighbors, make sure they're doing okay. Um, Technology is amazing. Absolutely. We're blessed in that we get to use technology today to do this podcast. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm blessed that I'm in a career right now where I can use technology to work with clients. So this is like the best time ever to continue with any work that you're doing uh, with a a therapist, you know, check to see if the therapists are qualified to work with uh, using the telehealth, some of the HIPAA compliant uh, telehealth platforms. This is the perfect opportunity for that so that you don't have to stop any kind of uh, treatment. And doctors are even using it for some things. Um, you know, where they don't really have to look at you. Like if it's something related to your blood pressure, then of course you would have to go in. Or if they have to do lab work or something like that, then you'd have to go in. But there are some minor ailments where doctors are able to use telehealth as well. It is a pretty amazing age that technology and medical treatment can be one and the same, so. Absolutely really helpful for that. So now speaking of that, uh, the distance, I came across a couple of articles and actually Melissa sent one of them to me. The first article, uh, it was entitled The Sixth Love Language, Distance. And we're all familiar with Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages, where he describes how we tend to want another person to care about us. You have the quality time, the words of affirmation, the acts of service, the gifts, and the physical touch. And that I usually have the couples that I work with to take the quiz first and then read the book so that they'll go into reading the book with the mindset of, you know, what the five love languages are. So when I read this article, I actually believe that there should be a sixth love language which is distance or having space from your significant other. And you heard of the quote, if you love someone, sometimes you have to leave them alone. Right. 
And a lot of times when I say things like this to my couples, you can just see the panic in their eyes. When I start talking about, you know, well, how often do you guys talk to each other? Like if one person's deployed or they're working in two different states or two different cities, I'll say, okay, well, how often do you guys talk to each other? Oh, well, we're texting each other all day long. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, that could be the reason that you're not getting along very well because you're not giving each other any space. Um, so it's, this is going to be a tough sell, but I'm going to try to sell it anyway. I am right here with you. Um, in regards to, you know, space and communication, space can be an excellent way of helping that communication become fundamental. Mm -hmm. And when you give each other space, it allows the other person to grow has some recharge time, and then we can come back together and kind of discuss what happened or not. Yeah. And it's a way to learn how to set boundaries for yourself and accept and respect the boundaries of somebody else, of the person that you're in a relationship with, and you can spend time apart. And I thought this part was interesting. Demanding all of someone's time isn't love. Now, how many episodes of these crime dramas have we seen where there's the insecurity and the jealousy involved and it, it's about this very thing where somebody was demanding too much of the other person? Far too many and it can be incredibly unhealthy. Mm -hmm. uh, not can be, it usually is incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. And I always put it in under the category of self-care when a person is able to recharge, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the week. And I liken it to the, uh, the battery bars that you have on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know how you have about four or five bars on your phone when your phone is charged up 100%? Yep. Okay. I describe that to people as, okay, so like by the end of the week, I'm probably down to like one bar or I'm blinking, meaning I need to charge myself up again. And so when people have that visual, then it helps them to understand that there are things that I need to do and there are things that they probably need to do to charge themselves back up so that they can function properly. And so when you were reading the article about the sixth love language and distance, what kind of mm -hmm. things were stood out to you from the article? Um, the decompression time, uh, because people don't think about that too, depending on what type of work you do, you may really need to decompress when you get home. You may not want to come home and engage with, with another person when you get home, if your work requires a lot of that. Um, I also thought about how many people are in codependent relationships or that per that person is the codependent and then the other person may have a personality disorder or have some other kind of mental illness um, or have something going on that's causing some strain in the relationship well that code that codependent person really does need some downtime they really need some alone time because it can be challenging being in a relationship with somebody that has an atypical personality type 
So decompression, what ways mm -hmm. can people decompress? Sometimes people think um, just driving home from work, that's a good way to decompress and you're listening to music, you know, as they're driving home from work. Sometimes people will stop off at the gym on the way home from work. Sometimes people will stop off and have a drink with a friend. Um, a lot of people like video games. They'll do that for 30, 40 minutes after they get home from work. It could be anything. Um, but a lot of times the decompression doesn't include another person. And sometimes your partner may get offended by that. And it's not really a need to take things personally. It just means that you just need to decompress. You're trying to come down off of, you know, the highs of the day. That could be really helpful for a lot of people. And I, I can understand. And it could be really that could be really helpful for a lot of people having that conversation with their partner about setting that boundary. I agree. Um, and uh, letting them know that even though I'm taking some time um, apart or separate from the other person they're in the relationship, doesn't mean they're necessarily taking um you know, like an absence in the relationship itself. I agree. I agree. And we're, and sometimes we don't think about like the times that we live in, you know, there are different, um, we have cultural differences and economic shifts and uh, we work different schedules. This isn't the post World War II, leave it to beaver situation. Both parties come into the relationship and they're working and they're um, passionate about their careers. And so we should be happy for the other person and be supportive of the other person if they're trying to pursue a career. And so if you're doing that, then it means you would understand that you're not going to always be in that person's space. Mm -hmm. And I, I do work a whole lot with the military. And so this is common for people to not always be living together and a lot of the couples make the best of it you know they're able to work through it they're able to figure out you know what things work for them um you know how to develop really good communication skills and relationship building skills like uh for example because they're not in the same space they have to be uh pretty good about conflict resolution and life skills like knowing how to handle financial security and fitness and health and emergency planning. Because if you're not always with your partner, you have to already be able to deal with these things independently. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it's really poignant how you pointed out that we aren't in that nine to five lifestyle anymore. And because we are kind of in the gig economy as people say it where we're we're doing several different hustles mm -hmm, to get the mm -hmm. bills paid and still be yeah. respectful of our partner mm -hmm. um making time for the person to just decompress and kind of figure it out so that we can come back together is kind of just the beginning of what love looks like i agree i agree 
And I do, and I know it's challenging for a lot of people because I think that we have um, been conditioned to believe that if you're not together, like the, the proximity is very important. And I, I just, I think we need to be reconditioned to believe that it's not about the proximity. And sometimes you may need some kind of separation. If things are going on in the relationship, you may need to be recalibrated. And I don't think people look at it from that viewpoint either. Sometimes you need a reset in the relationship, not necessarily to end the relationship, but if you have a little distance, depend, you know, and you determine what that looks like, sometimes that's all you need to recharge your relationship and get yourself back on track. So that's really interesting that you say that, Erin, because that, I guess, people could use this whole, the sixth love language being distance um, in a way to be abusive in a relationship, just as they could use it in any of the other ways. Like, um, I give you all of these gifts, so you should love me. And then other people could abuse it in the way of, um, I've given you all this space because I thought you needed it. So communication key at both points. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I've also talked to couples about uh, what I call a therapeutic separation. And that's where they know that they don't want to divorce or they know that they don't want to permanently separate, but they know that there has to be some sort of recalibration. And so they'll either sleep in separate bedrooms or one person will you know, go back and live, live at home or go live with a friend for a little while. And both parties will be in therapy while they're trying to recalibrate their relationship. And so that's what I call, again, it's a therapeutic separation. And most of the time they're successful. If it's, if it's done appropriately, it's very successful. And the couple ends up walking away from that, realizing that all it really was, was a reset. That sounds really interesting. So one of the things, because you had mentioned the military population that you work with quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And so that along with that distance, uh, whether it's in proximity or in communication, whether we're giving ourselves, uh, you know, maybe 30 minutes or an hour before we start chatting. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I've heard you talk about in different education classes is ways to uh, keep that bond between you and your partner um, while experiencing distance, like letter writing. Mm -hmm. um, and also maybe uh, sharing like different uh, podcasts with them or different music that you like. And so Erin, in some of the uh, classes that I've heard you speak about, you've talked about how it, even when apart, uh, you can still be connected to your partner. So mm -hmm. either by letter writing or sharing podcasts or playlists or even having a Netflix night. Yeah, things like that. And when you say letter writing, definitely it's like the snail mail letter writing. It makes me feel wonderful when I get a card that's been handwritten from a friend or uh, a letter, a short letter, because it's so personal. And so I can't imagine what that must feel like to a significant other to get something that personal from their partner. 
I think and that is, it can really open up the lines of communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's creative. People, people forget, you, you kind of take things for granted when you have the person with you all the time. And then when the person's not there, you have to be a little bit more creative with your communication skills and with your quality time. And you mentioned playlists. There are actually some sex toys. They're in the, uh, the brand name is the WeVibe. Mm -hmm. They sell several, several different uh, intimacy devices where you can be on two different continents and have sexual play with your significant other. And you download the apps on your iPhone and you get to control the intensity, et cetera, of the device as your partner is using the device. And you can do FaceTime and all of that. So that's another way to not just be intimate, but to be sexual with your partner, whether you're in the same city or not, or the same, you can be on two different continents. Which increases the intimacy and helps both people in that relationship recharge, reflect, and come back together when needed. Absolutely. And it's, and it's something different. You know, when I mentioned that you have to be creative with the quality time, that's what this is. And this is just, all of these things are ways that, you know, I think that many couples that are in long distance relationships, if they've been in the relationship for five or 10 years, they figure these things out. You know, they, they share the same value systems. Um, these are things that they've talked about at the very beginning. And a lot of times when people are in the long distance relationships, you already know that part of their value system is going to be career, being career driven. Mm -hmm. And both people want to support the other person's career and they don't want to sacrifice the relationship for the person being successful in a career. That happens quite frequently. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And so, yeah, like I said, this is going to be a hard sell, but um, I'm going to keep talking about it a little bit more with couples and um, hope that people can see it from a different perspective. It's more of a personal growth and relationship growth perspective. And it's not about uh, pulling the relationship apart like they usually think. It's like a panic kind of thing when you talk about any kind of separation, you know, oh, this person's leaving me versus, you know, hey, this is a time for me to grow as a person and take a step back and see what's going on in my relationship. Because if you're involved in the situation, it's hard for you to see what's going on in, if you're enmeshed in it. And I liken that to a hurricane. When you're in the center of a hurricane, what's happening in the center of a hurricane, Kenny? Uh, it's pretty still. Yeah. It's calm. It's, it's comfortable. Still. Yeah. And you may not know about any chaos that's happening, that's swirling around that calm. And that's how I describe a lot of people's relationships. They're, since they've been in the center of the hurricane for so long, they've been, they're habituated to it. And everybody else is on the outside of that. And we can see the chaos. We can see the conflict. We can see how they don't communicate very well. We can see things that they can't see. Mm -hmm. And so when I have a conversation with a couple, I'll say, you know what, 
it's my job as you're the professional that you're working with to help guide you through chaos and pull you on the outside so that you can see that it was just a superficial calm in the middle. And sometimes that means, you know, part of that guidance is having some distance from your significant other so that you can be a little bit more objective. Well, I don't think you would have thought of it from that perspective, would you? No, not really. I mean, to, and I think it's more poignant that we're talking about it in today mm -hmm. um, because of what's going on nationally and locally within our communities. Yeah. And when we have time to sit and reflect, because it's not something that we've been encouraged to do in recent decades, um, it can be really challenging when your partner says, I need a little bit of distance. And uh, despite it being a hard sell, it's, it's necess not necessarily a bad thing. Right. And if you think back to what parents do when they have a little one, they'll say things about, oh, okay, well, no, we don't pick him up all the time because he has to learn how to self-soothe. Well, you still have to do that as you get older, when you become an adult, when you get into relationships, you still need an opportunity to self-soothe, you know, not have another person there to rescue you and pet and coddle and all of that. You should still have the capacity to do that. And I don't think people see it from that perspective either. Well, I'm glad that you had the opportunity to have like that information presented to you mm -hmm. and the more that we talk about it um, with our clients and with our podcast listeners I hope the more opportunities that people take to kind of redirect reset refocus within their relationships I agree well all right well I don't have anything more to add for this particular topic um, but we will uh, definitely be keeping ourselves uh, up to date with all of the, the things that are happening with the, um, the COVID-19, the pandemic and everything. And we'll be passing along information that our clients need to have and following along with whatever the uh, local authorities are wanting for us to do. But primarily we need to engage in the social distancing and the hand washing and hygiene and those types of things. And I hope that everybody is uh, just, just be well, be well out there. Thanks, Erin. If anybody wants to reach Erin, they can reach Erin at E-R-I-N at brighterfuturesea.com. And if anyone wants to reach Kenny, you can reach her at ktpullet four at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Erin Alexander, hosted by Kenny and Erin, and mixed and edited by William Lynch.